Hello and welcome to Unpacking the Case. In this, which is one of our Building Blocks episodes, Richard will be looking at re Ellenborough Park. Uh, 1955 Court of Appeal case. Shall we yeah. start with uh, the background on this one? Yeah, it's uh, it all took place in Western Supermare. It's a sort of Somerset theme to, to some of these cases. It was not officially reported until 1956, but it was heard by the Court of Appeal in 1955. Um, the background is that uh, it involved seven and a half acres of uh, this Ellenborough Park sort of open la- uh, land, used as a sort of open parkland. The land involved was originally uh, owned by two people who in 1855 uh, sold it uh, Firstly, for development, residential houses around the margins of this piece of land, but the uh, they would be, they would surround this uh, Ellenborough Park, seven and a half acres of, of parkland, which uh, they basically it said that uh, the land would be kept as parkland for the successors, you know, the, the current you know, purchases and their successors. And uh, when the houses were built, the house owners would have the right to use this sort of park. And it's what you get in quite a few sort of parts of the country. You know, you get them in Bristol and Clifton and likes, and you get them all over Bath and London and likes. You've got your own little private garden. It remained as a private garden for you know, 100 years. But in the Second World War, uh, it was requisitioned by the military. And basically, if you've got a property right, in the land here, an easement was being claimed, then you'd be entitled to compensation uh, from the government under something which is not really relevant to this day, but under the Compensation Defence Act of 1939, you'd be entitled to the equivalent of a market rent for the property. And that's basically what the case is about. It's a famous case. Um, It's one of those, again, staple degree level landlord cases, but I don't think many people realize the background. They were trying to argue, we've got an easement to use this garden because that way we'll get our compensation. And it, uh, it was quite a complicated first instance decision all about the levels of compensation and likes, but I'll leave that. Um, the Court of Appeal heard it, um, and it was the, the master of the roles at the time, Lord Evershed, who uh, gave the majority decision. And uh, the problem was that there's, I don't want to complicate things. It's historically, it was always accepted that you couldn't have an easement, which amounted to something called the jus spatiandi, those expressions you get in law occasionally. You haven't got an easement to wander around at will. It's got to be sufficiently definite to become an easement. And there have been cases in the past that had said that over the years, no easement to use a, a race course, or there was no easement to just wander around a riverbank. It's got to be more certain than that. But in this case, they said that uh, use of a garden could be an easement. It was recognised as such a communal garden. But more significant than that, that is significant in its own right and important for a lot of people. And you know, forget about the, the background and the requisitioning. But more significant than that is uh, Lord Evershed uh, actually picked it up from uh, Cheshire, the modern law of real property and textbooks but categorise the four requirements before an easement to exist. Um, Certainly in the private sector, things like statutory undertakers can accept themselves in the statutory easements which might not comply. But there's got to be a dominant and servient piece of land, number one. 
unless you own a piece of land yourself, you can't have an easement, you can't have an easement in gross, as they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, they secondly, the rights you're claiming must uh, accommodate the dominant tenement and make the dominant land a better place. I think a good test, although it's not a clincher, is does it make it more valuable? And it make your land more valuable if you've got a communal garden you know, next to it. it. Doesn't actually necessarily have to be adjoining. Some of the houses weren't adjoining the communal garden. Thirdly, it's there's got to be diversity of ownership and or occupation. You can't have an easement over your own land. Why you'd want one is another matter. But obviously landlords can have easements over tenants' land and vice versa, and often do. And uh, the right you're claiming must also be sufficiently certain. It's got to be definite. Again, you've got to take this with a pinch of salt. But uh, it's... Uh, could you reduce it to a plan and describe it in a deed? Large numbers of easements aren't reduced in plans and described in any deeds. But a right to light has got to be through a defined window and not general across your garden, for instance. A right of drainage is a defined pipe. A right of ventilation is a defined pipe or shaft or whatever um, before it's recognised as an easement. And so that's the real significance of Ellenborough Park. It categorised the types of easement uh, and the requirements before an easement can exist. Okay, that's really interesting. Have there been any similar cases to this one more recently? Yeah, there's a case, um, late 2018 Supreme Court case, uh, which, uh, which confirmed the Court of Appeal uh, called Regency Villas and Diamond Estates, which um, was not use of a communal gardens as such. It was um, people, uh, Regency Villas had, had uh, take non-leases of this particular premises and they were then sort of letting them out as, as timeshares. But part of the deal, the transaction, is that uh, the subsubsequent owners, Diamond Estates of the neighbouring land. Neighbouring land was a big country mansion in Kent called Broom Hall, which used to be the uh, home of Lord Kitchener, as I remember. Uh, and they were given rights to use things like a, a swimming pool, and uh, on you know, Broom Hall land and use part of the Broom Hall mansion and squash and tennis courts and the golf course and gardens. And the swimming pool was uh, filled in and the squash and tennis courts, I think, were you know, barred entry to. And they successfully argued that uh, such leisure facilities can be an easement as well. It's very similar to Ellenborough Park, um, but you can have an easement to use leisure facilities and it's a property right that binds third parties. Thank you to Richard and thank you to everybody else for listening in. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in our next episode.